Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Vision Crypto. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to Real Vision Crypto. I'm Ash Bennington. Today, I'm joined by Sam Helene of CMT Digital to talk about EMEA, that's Europe, Middle East, and Africa. What's happening in crypto? Sam, welcome to Real Vision. Yeah, it's great to be on, Ash. I'm a longtime listener. Thanks so much for hosting me. Well, it's awesome to have you on the show. Sam, we were talking a little bit offline. Tell us about your shop. Um, so CMT Digital is the blockchain and digital assets investing trading and legal and regulatory policy advocacy subsidiary of the CMT Group, which is a 25-year trading and investment firm by background, um, originally founded around the transition from analog um, in-person pit trading to uh, electronic trading. The founders really wanted to capitalize on the emergent um, electronic trading phenomenon. So they started up CMT, uh, which stands for Capital Markets Trading, uh, in Frankfurt, Germany, um, and uh, eventually expanded all around the world using electronic trading, uh, trading in um, five different comp, uh, continents, trading on five different continents with offices um, in Seoul, Tokyo, Sydney, um, uh, Honolulu, um, uh, Frankfurt, uh, London, uh, all around the world. Um, the markets, uh, the markets were kind to the founders in, in, in the mid 90s and, and really allowed us and, and emboldened us in many ways to continue to pursue this uh, strategy of investing uh, time, money um, uh, and, and really mind share into uh, emergent technology. Uh, and so uh, we continue to um, invest on the trading side and also invest in many of the emergent um, venture capital um, and hedge fund managers uh, in the space and then eventually started to make direct investments um, into um, uh, private equity and and um, venture capital type uh, uh, business uh, businesses. And uh, we got into the blockchain and digital asset space in 2013. Uh, originally from a legal and regulatory standpoint, we were really interested to see how Bitcoin um, at the time would would fall into different regulatory frameworks. I think that's still, uh, especially in the United States, a, an, an ongoing question. Um, but that was our entry point into the space. We uh, started to develop a network uh, here in Chicago and, and really started to see that a very uh, large cohort, even in the early days, um, of people that we respected were spending a material amount of their time investigating this asset class. And so in 2015, we went in, we bought Bitcoin. Um, in 2017, we started a crypto trading desk um, and that crypto trading desk is active uh, today uh, with uh, offices um, in, uh, here in Chicago and uh, uh, London and, and um, 
uh, some other traders uh, positioned around around the world. Um, and then in the fall of um, 2017, we really noticed the uh, infrastructural gaps that were existing, uh, primarily in the financial services space, um, for institutions and individuals to onboard um, into the digital assets and blockchain space. So we started making investments in um, in operating companies at that time, and then towards the um, end of uh, 2017 we formalized a strategy to really start to invest in the on-ramps for the world's retail and institutional populations to access and, and meaningfully uh, use digital assets. And so that's the core thesis that we've been, been investing along for the last almost five years at this point, um, specifically within the blockchain and digital asset space. Um, and the on-ramps, um, which I'm sure we'll go into, have evolved um, over time and um, uh, so that's that's us. I've been here uh, since uh, September uh, of 2017 and uh, have uh, helped to spin up the investing group, um, help with uh, sourcing, executing, um, thesis formation, um, and ongoing portfolio company relations. So what's the big vision, Sam, uh, of the future? What does it look like? And how does the thesis get spun up around that? Yeah, absolutely. So we think that um, eventually um, all financial assets and most um, and and most um, non-financial assets uh, will uh, reside on some sort of blockchain-based ledger. And so we think that the world's um, uh, both retail and institutional populations will either knowingly or unknowingly be using blockchain technology in. Uh, in their everyday lives uh, within the next five to 10 years. Um, right now, we're still so early in terms of adoption. If you look at global adoption rates, and there's so many different estimates, and there's, uh, you know, there's people that have interacted with cryptocurrency, there's people that actively hold cryptocurrency. Um, you know, it still uh, appears to be sub 5% of the world's population. Um, we think that that number will uh, approach asymptotically the number of people that um, that um, hold, or sorry, that have an internet connection. And so we are, um, we are investing in the on-ramps that allow people to access this, this technology um, and, uh, and, and use it meaningfully and, and also contextualize um, digital assets. Um, so just to go into a little bit more detail about that, you know, digital asset, um, the, the way that I learned about it was, uh, or, or a blockchain-based digital asset was, was Bitcoin originally, right? And and um, it was this esoteric non-state money that took a little while for me to get my head around. Um, you know, I read the Bitcoin white paper originally in, in 2016, didn't end up actually purchasing the asset until um, at least a year later, um, just because I didn't I didn't understand it. But but how can you still we... did well in 2014, so. Uh, tw uh, 2017. <laughs> so not as well. Uh, you know, how, how can we um, contextualize what a blockchain based digital asset is for, you know, maybe somebody that's that's not um, uh, familiar with the concept at all. I, I think some of the best ways to do that through gaming. Um, so, so we've invested in a, a number of uh, games and, and um, uh, kind of digital experiences, if you will, that 
introduce somebody to the concept of an NFT or, or a blockchain-based asset for the first time in a fun and um, um, kind of passive way where an individual doesn't really even need to know that they're uh, using blockchain technology or maybe they're learning um, kind of subconsciously um, and walk away with a newfound understanding after having um, engaged in a, in a fun experience. So um, that's what we look to do. Um, we're, the long-term vision is that everybody will utilize these assets, um, but right now we're at a stage where we still need to onboard the world. You know, I think you set that up very nicely. So 5% or thereabouts roughly uh, in the digital asset space now, asymptotically approaching the number of people who have access to the internet, which is obviously continuing to grow, uh, particularly uh, in the EMEA region. I'm curious, and this is always the sort of challenging part. Many of us have uh, this broad vision. So how do you make that investable? What are the sort of mental screens that you set up uh, to think about investments? You mentioned gaming. Gaming is a topic that's come up very frequently uh, for me uh, in these conversations in the last several months, and not just gaming as a, as a sort of separate and distinct domain uh, of activity, but really gaming almost as an operating system, as an access point uh, to the digital asset space. I'm curious if you have any thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a few key buckets um, that we that we look at. I think the first investments that we made in the space in the 2017, 2018 timeframe were uh, kind of more financial services related. They were in exchanges, brokerages, um, things like uh, savings account, high yield savings accounts, um, really uh, a place that that somebody who already had the you know, uh, the knowledge of of what Bitcoin or Ethereum uh, were and and held those assets could could go to uh, transact uh, or maybe purchase for the first time. Um, so so that's you know one one bucket of um, uh, kind of the investable universe for us, uh, and of course. You know, there's Coinbase, there's FTX, and there's there's Binance and a, a number of, of, of exchanges. But I, we think that some level of regional contextualization will always be necessary for these venues to really attract the audiences that they're going after. So to unpack that a little bit more, um, you know, cultures vary so widely that, uh, you know, in, in, in some cultures, people might put money, put it. As a as a as a as a cultural norm, might put money away um, in a savings account and never look at it again. Others might spend every paycheck that they get. Um, others uh, might uh, think that um, you know gold is a uh, particularly desirable asset class. Others might want to spend money on more social and interactive experiences. Um, so we look to invest in the. Uh, front ends uh, for these products that are fueled by um, uh, digital currency on the on the back end. Um, another on ramp, as we like to call them, are yes games. So you, you said the operating system for the digital asset uh, universe. I think that's an apt uh, description. Um, you know, as we as as we follow this trend of increasing digitization of things. Um, people are spending more and more of their time in the metaverse. Um, you know, Elon Musk likes to give the example of, you know, what, what is it? What is a cyborg generally? It might be somebody that spends 
six to ten hours of their day on a on a, on a phone or, or or a computer, and 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 thus we would already be you know cyborgs, right? Um, um, but but that's that's the trend. Um, that's what's happening in in society all across the the world, and so. Um, you know, as we look to uh, transition uh, to a more digital society, we think that blockchain will form the economy of the of the of a digital society of a, of a, of a metaverse, if you if you want to call it that. Um, and so, really, um, we think that every gaming studio, whether it's a um, uh, a twenty year uh, gaming studio or a um, or or um, uh, really any, any studio at all will uh, utilize blockchain technology within their, their games um, as a way to monetize customers um, and as a way to uh, just engage in this um, increasingly uh, digital economy. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now. Oh,